Greetings and welcome to episode number 61 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I'm your host, David Dwork, here with you once again, and I'm already being laughed at by my guest on this episode, uh, <laughs> one of my best buddies and also one of the most passionate hockey fans that I know. He works for a little show. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called uh, The Dan Levitard Show with Stu Dots. My friend, he's probably insulted your mom at some point. It's Roy Bellamy. Roy, what's up, man? Thank you for coming on the pod. And why are you laughing at me already? Salutations, Dave. Salutations. <laughs> Greetings. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Come on. You got to be formal. You got to be nice on the pod. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, but, you got to have the nice greeting coming in. Yeah, of course. Yeah, all right. So... Let's get on topic here before we get off the rails too early. Um, before we get into the, <laughs> um, before we get into the Panthers current stuff, which we actually have some positive Panthers to talk about right now, which is great. Um, we never really publicly, at least, had a chance to talk about our uh, trip to Toronto a couple months ago for Roberto Luongo's Hall of Fame induction. You and I were both up there for a few days. It was it was a great time. It wasn't that cold until the very end. Um, which I'm sure you remember. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but overall, um, it was a lot of fun, right? I mean, the hot the hockey hall of fame put on a great series of events. We had really good access to really everybody that was up there. We can just walk up and talk to you know all the players at one point or another. We got to tour the hall of fame. Um, you know, what was your take on the whole trip? Oh, it was an excellent trip. Uh Toronto is a beautiful city. I mean, they call it like the New York of Canada, I guess, you know, and uh, it really looked at uh, the buildings, good architecture. Um, Downtown was huge, right? It it was big. It was really, really big. And it was walkable. Um, Yeah. uh, I mean, it was cold, so it wasn't as walkable as it, (laughs) you know, could have been. But yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a nice walking city and uh, we, we really had fun there. Kind of wish it was longer definitely wish it was warmer but it was it was a good time and you did mention there, there was some excellent food and i mean i'm sure this is true of most cities if you got the right places to go unfortunately we had some good tour guides to to kind of point us in the right direction um but yeah some excellent excellent food yes excellent food we had ramen which is something that you don't really partake in no it was my first time having ramen believe it or not and it was it was quite good and it was great because it was like a warm bowl of soupy yummy just a mix of stuff which was great on that cold afternoon we had it for lunch so it was a perfect uh it was really good i'm glad that uh, you guys introduced me to the whole ramen world yeah well i know how to pick them it, it really is a uh surprising thing hearing that you've never had ramen um uh, i mean matzo ball <laughs> soup is something that you is like the most similar thing that you probably would have had right yeah, I guess. Uh maybe that was why it was such an easy thing for me to dive into because of the familiarity. Um so I do love Asian food generally. I'm a big fan. I actually had Chinese food for dinner last night. Um and I'll probably be having it again tonight because that's how it works with Chinese food. Um yeah. Just in terms of the leftovers, but like no, it was pretty cool. I yeah, I'm also was surprised that I hadn't had ramen just because I'm pretty open, you know, you know this about me. I, I'll try just about any food at least once. I'm you know, I'm a big proponent. I'm not very picky. Um, but yeah, I'd never had it. I'm glad I have. Thanks to you and thanks to Chris Cody for kind of pushing me in that direction. Yeah, well, ramen has basically almost everything in the food groups uh, except dairy. So you got a little bit of everything in a good ramen. Um, an egg, you know, you got, you got the pasta element there. Uh, you know, the, the meat. And the meat the was good. Meat, you know, like and, the meat. Uh, 
Yeah, you got a little bit of vegetables, and then boom, the, 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 you got yourself a nice little nutritional dinner. It's a well-rounded lunch. Yes. So let's see. On the trip, we got to tour the Hall of Fame, which I thought was cool. Like we did it. We we went there a couple of times. Um, the the formal tour that we took, which was there with with Chris and with Danny, the cameraman. Yes, that is correct. Uh, who I kept calling Alex for. I have no idea why. Um, Bomb Gartner, probably right. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but there were a couple of times where we kind of got lost at the Hall of Fame, where we just kind of wandered off into our own little world. Because you know, you and I, I think it's safe to call us hockey nerds. We've, despite growing up in South Florida, we love this sport. Um, what just from our Hall of Fame trips, like what what stood out the most to you from that those hollowed grounds that we navigated together? Well, the game used equipment, obviously, uh, having all the uniforms hung up and in display was like it's almost like it was ghostly like it's history like spirit spiritual almost yeah. you know and it's it's like the ghosts of the past were floating around saying hello hey how are you doing you know and painting <laughs> on the back like hey that was me right there you know <laughs> and and that that was that was nice um the trophy room was really something to behold that yeah. like that's almost almost like going to a church really you know like it's like sacred and uh get to see all the trophies um from the Mastodon trophy on up to the selkie on up to the the calder on on up to the to, to the big ones so uh yeah. yeah so that that was that was really that was really nice um yeah that and the interactive stuff um <laughs> We, uh, we, got we had some there. fun with those games. Yeah, uh, we got over there. We went shooting with uh, actual pucks, and we, <laughs> there was a goaltending interactive uh, display there where we were trying to stop the foam pucks. Uh, that was hard. That You could not track where those pucks were coming from at all. That was not easy. No, no. Uh, it's uh, about regular uh, length from uh, crease to the slot area uh, to – where the hash marks are and yeah that was that was not easy those pucks were coming in at a high rate of speed so yeah. <laughs> you got you got to judge it off of this uh this video game type component on the screen in front of you and you got to assume that is either going to be a backhand or forehand it's going to be a wrist or a slap shot and how hard it's going to come in on you and you got the stick um wh- whatever handiness that you have you got the stick and that's it and those foam pucks, they didn't feel good when they hit you. Um, they stung. But, uh, yeah, I managed to get a couple, uh, and and that's it. That was that was that was fun. It was definitely hard, but just um, it's an awesome place to go. If you guys haven't been there, if you ever make it up to Toronto, if you're a hockey fan, like you've got to go. You, yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then the, the actual Hall of Fame induction event was cool. We were standing out on the red carpet, and that was the moment where Roy Bellamy froze in place briefly. It was so cold that night. It was the coldest of the the weekend that we had been there. We were, you know, there for a few days. It started out, you know, on the warmer side in like the 50s and 60s. And by the time we were leaving, it was like a blizzard the day we left. It was, but the night of the Hall of Fame induction, it got down into like freezing temperatures. And we were standing outside for like, what, maybe two, three hours as everybody was coming in, you know, we're standing on the red carpet um, and we were doing an interview with uh, who I believe was it Brian McCabe. 
Yeah, it was Brian McCabe. Yeah. We're, we're doing an interview with Brian McCabe of the Panthers, and it was maybe two hours out there at this point. It was towards the end. And I looked at you. You were standing across from me as we interviewed him, and you were asking him a question. And all of a sudden, it was like, it's like the moment in a movie where like it's like a disaster movie and the frozen air is coming over the city and you can see like as it gradually moves across the plane how things are getting frozen in place and i saw that happen in your face where like you just went from talking and looking at me and then all of a sudden it was like you got blasted by mr freeze in a batman movie and you were just frozen in place and i, I was standing there and brian mccabe was standing there we're still you know into the interview and you're just standing there and then like a little icicle started to drip down from your nose. And we're like, okay, Roy's frozen. We're just going to move on with the interview now. And it was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. And you snapped out of it after about two or three seconds, but I'd never seen someone freeze in place like that before. That was such a Miami thing. I had a cold stroke, apparently. Uh, <laughs> cold stroke. I, I was, I was, yeah, it, it wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> it's like I, I kind of shut down for a second and then poof. Oh man! Right back into right back into interview mode. I don't I don't know what happened there. That was uh, that's what impressed me the most was that you snapped out of it and got right back into like wait wait what all right where are we who am I talking to all right let's go like you were like right back into it quickly so I don't I've never seen anything like that and I hope for your sake I never do again but yeah. that that was like cold shock therapy in the moment that was nuts yeah that, that, yeah that that was not great but. What solved the issue was a nice uh, cup of hot chocolate from Tim Hortons. Um, <laughs> just ran just right around the, the corner. Yeah, that, that hot yeah. chocolate was clutch, though. Between you and Chris getting the hot chocolate, that was that was definitely a, a savior of that day because it was it was cold. It was really yeah. cold. Chris uh, complained that I didn't get everybody a hot chocolate when I went out to get mine for the second time. Um, that's because it was an emergency situation. It had to be done. I wasn't thinking about y'all. Sorry. Yeah, it's clear that your brain wasn't functioning 100%. You were partially frozen in the moment. So I, you get a pass for that. Yeah. But I uh, get back to 100% once I downed that thing. And uh, we went on with the night. <laughs> it was fun. Steakhouses, by the way. Those, those, we, we went to some steakhouses that were uh, pretty pretty good. I believe fun. we ended up at a steakhouse that night uh, after the we left the the theater the the Meridian Theater I believe it was called we walked a couple blocks uh, defrosted in a yeah it was a nice steakhouse too that was like that that classical looking one it was I think it was like a, the name of it was like a year maybe it was like nineteen eighteen or some weird thing like that oh, it was cool like that, yeah yeah uh, I think I had, somebody had truffle pasta or something like that and uh, Ugh, the I truffle had... I'm not a big truffle guy I don't know maybe because I'm not a big mushroom guy. But yeah. I don't, you know, I'm just, you know, I'd rather have just a just a good mac and cheese. You don't need to put truffles in the mac and cheese. Just give me a good cheesy mac and cheese, and I'm good to go. It was truffle ravioli. That's what it was. Uh, and uh, yeah, you gotta look at truffle. I know it's a fungus. You gotta look at it more like garlic, really, uh, because moderation. Has, yeah. Well, well, not I mean moderation. No, I mean, oh well, yeah, moderation would be good for you too if uh, truffle is that strong of a taste. Well, you saying, look it's like, at it like garlic. garlic yeah, if you look at it like garlic, I mean, yeah, yeah, just a couple of slivers, and it. I don't know if it's like a umami uh, type thing for you, but uh, yeah, it gives you that nice deep garlicky taste. And you know me, I'm a big proponent of a garlic. I uh, yeah, you're a flavor guy. guy. Yeah, you're a flavor oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, which is very difficult when 
uh, you're married to somebody who is not a flavored girl, and uh, and she complains about, oh, this is this has too much flavor. Uh, it's too salty. Uh, you put too much seasoning on this. And I'm like, I'm trying to make this taste good. You want a bland piece of chicken? No, that's not how that works. I'm sorry. It's tough when you're cooking. It's when you're cooking at home. Is that you married people? I don't understand this. When you're cooking at home, it's not like you go to a restaurant. And you can have your own individual orders and get exactly what you want. When you're cooking at home, it's kind of like one and done. You got to yeah. find something that works for everybody. And, and when you have kids, especially, it's hard because then the pickiness just gets to a whole nth degree. I feel like this has become kind of a venting podcast all of a sudden. Like we're we're just a couple yeah. married guys venting yeah. about food, venting about being fathers and. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just which is the best. It's the well, best. Still, you still need yeah. to vent sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes you just have to just say, "Hey, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all I can as a as a husband and father and a man. Uh, my responsibilities and whatnot. I'm tired. Can you just work with me, <laughs> please?" Oh man. Well, that's what we come on the podcast for to, to vent and to nap. If you, if this just goes silent for about five minutes, it's because we're taking in a, a little dad nap. So don't worry about it. We're all good here. Yeah. Nap sounds great right about now, but it's just been, it's already been a busy day for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll say one thing before we, before we get to the hockey stuff, because we, we will have to talk about, we're, yeah, we'll talk about some Panthers hockey in a minute. Some good oh, stuff. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Um, Just something I've noticed. Maybe you've noticed it. Maybe some of the parents out there have noticed this, you know, we're, you and I are, in our late thirties, you know, we're relatively new parents, you know, five, six year olds, four year olds, younger kids. Yep. I've really noticed the last couple of years that I've come to appreciate with great, great value silence. Like I'll finish working or I'll come into the house and everybody will be asleep or, or there'll be nobody home. And I won't turn the TV on. I'll just sit there and maybe scroll on my phone, read something for a minute. But just the silence, it's, mm. oh, it's amazing. Like, and I never thought that I'd care or appreciate that kind of those moments. But man, give me 10, 15 minutes of just silence and it's it's bliss. I don't know. I think how I'm wired and especially everything that's happened to me over the past year, I think I need noise. <laughs> noise is what keeps me sane noise is like it when when things are silent i start to get nervous and uh you know when things okay. are silent i start thinking about things that i really don't want to think about and you know i need the noise i need the uh i need the uh the getting my attention off of things and that sort of thing so noise is like sometimes i just nap with the tv on just to have the tv on just noise and i just fall asleep and like oh cnn's on okay i'll just fall asleep right here and that sort of thing. I, That's I why we make such that. a good to such a good team because we we cover all ends of the spectrum. That's right, yin yang. There you go. All right, so we we did mention, and we'll, we're going to talk about some hockey now. And you know, this is like the first time, maybe all season, that really that's we can kind of shed some positive positivity. You know, Panthers moving in the right direction consistently. You know, it's not just a couple here, a couple there. Like they're really. At least it feels like over the last two, three weeks, Roy, like they're finally getting their shit together. Like this team is finally, I don't want to say buying into the systems because I'm not, I don't, you know, it's not like they haven't, they've been learning them and they've been trying to get that, you know, you know, commit everything to muscle memory. It's been hard with guys in and out of the lineup, but you know, better late than ever. And it's not too late. I've been saying all along, as long as they get their shit together by all-star 
and they're close enough. Like, what are they? I think they're like three points out as we record this today on Friday, January 20th, in between the road trip in Canada, they play Minnesota, I believe tomorrow at home. Uh, I think they're only three points out of a wild card right now. You know, Pittsburgh's got a few games at hand, but they're there. They've still got like, you know, 35, whatever plus games to go plenty of time. They're right in the thick of things. And this team, they're not like your typical Panthers or typical NHL team that's meandering around the wild card line, hoping to get in there. Like this is a talented, chock full of talent type of roster. We'll be getting Anthony Duclair back sometime in the next few weeks. Uh, I don't know, Roy, what do you think? Are, are, are we allowed to maybe lift our eyebrows a little bit and say, okay, maybe, you know, we can get back to where we thought we were at least going to be in the realm of it this year? Well, I was, uh, I think Elliot Freeman last week on Twitter said that the Panthers, uh, I believe the cut line for points once uh, playoff time comes is 95 points. And it might change later. And he was saying that the Panthers would, this was last week, we yeah, have to go twenty-four and twelve, and at that time, I thought twenty-four wins. Uh, that's going to be ex- exceedingly difficult, considering what happened the first half of the season. This team's been mired in injury and illness. There's been a suspension, and mm-hmm. it's like you said, players in and out of the lineup. It's been very hard to have a cohesive uh, unit to perform well, to have that chemistry. But now they're starting to get healthier, uh, healthier, and we're going to get through Claire, who's been out since training camp. That's going to add offense and clearly needed offense. Um, but I, I think they're going to, I think they've already gotten it together. They've gotten five out of six points on this road trip. That was clutch. Yep. Although it should have been six, considering what happened in Toronto. Um, but yeah, like, they do have the means to get it together to at least get the last spot. Um, but third place in the division kind of seems. Kinda seems it's a little kind of far away. Yeah. Boston, Tampa, and Toronto are kind of running away with it. The way that Florida, Tampa, and Toronto did last year, right? Yeah. yeah. And Boston picked it up at the end of the year. So maybe this will be the, the opposite of last year. The Panthers will be the playing the part of the Bruins this year and then come up and kick everybody in the ass from underneath. Yeah, and the Bruins getting swept in the second round. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I I just I just, I look at this team. And I'm like, okay, the issue right now is goaltending. Yeah, injured. Uh, he hurt Hopefully, nothing serious. We don't know for sure yet. He might and, get back. Yeah, he might yeah. get back. Uh, but I mean, Alex Leon, uh, like he uh, had a good night. <laughs> you just say uh, Alex Leon. <laughs> I said, it's not lying. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get the pronunciation oh right God. there. That's such uh, a... <laughs> now that now your Miami's really showing. Yeah, I mean, there's a Y in there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Alex uh, Leon. Leon. Yeah, his first win in over uh, since November of 2021. I mean, he, but he got in there. He, he did very well. Very well. I think a lot of people were surprised to learn last night that he's actually been in the NHL for like six years. Like his first NHL game was in 2017, 18. Yeah. He, last night was his 25th game. Like I, I knew he'd been around. I didn't realize he'd been around to the point where he'd already played like a few handfuls of games in the NHL. Like, yeah, it's not like he was just some wide eyed kid getting thrown to the wolves last night and it showed 
because he went in there, you know, Panther fans, you know, we had no idea really who this guy was. He, you know, he'd been with Carolina last year. He was with Philly for a few years before that. But I mean, you know, other than like your hardcore hockey people, you know, nobody knows who Alex Leon, as you called him, was. And then he Leon. comes in two minutes into the game. He's peppered right away, makes a couple of big saves. I mean, that's, I was shocked. Like when, when, uh, Montreal got those first couple of chances. They got one like cross ice one timer. And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Because it was still zero zero at that point. It was zero zero after the first period. And credit to to Alex Leon. Um some huge saves. Like really. Yeah, he had a double save in that game. Uh you know, again laterally over. He would have stopped the puck and then lifted his blocker and knocked it right, knocked it down, preventing yeah. it from going in, and it got swept out of the crease. Better to be lucky than good, man. Yeah. So good job by Alex there. Um, but yeah, the goaltending is going to be an issue. Uh, Spencer Knight has to get back in the lineup soon. Um, but yeah, like you got to avoid injury and uh, they got to step it up. Yeah, it seems like they're going to be getting Knight back. Like it, the I think the kind of under simmering expectation was that Knight was going to be back sometime around this weekend uh, before the All Star break. He'd been practicing. He'd been getting himself back in there. Um, so I think he's just about ready. But now, you know, we don't know what's going to be going on with Sergey Borovsky. So he could potentially be getting Knight back just in time for Bob to go on the shelf. Hopefully not. After, you know, the play that it appeared that Bob got hurt in Montreal, like it looked like he kind of slid from his right to his left. He may have jammed his left foot or ankle on the post there. Because when you look at him stretching afterwards, like he's picking up his right leg a couple he's of times. His ankle, yeah. Putting that weight on that left leg, left ankle. So you, you wonder if maybe that's what it was. But the fact that he was out there doing that, and testing it, and then the team came out and said he's questionable to return as opposed to just saying he was out for the game. That all of those, and again, this is just me playing doctor, which I, you know, I am not a doctor. I only play one on TV. Um, that would all indicate maybe it's not that serious. And again, once you take the state off, a lot of things, a lot of things can change whenever that's a foot ankle type of injury. We don't know. We'll find out, you know, from Paul Maurice tomorrow if nothing else, if it's short-term, long-term. Hopefully it's nothing major. Um, but just Again, the eye test didn't strike me as anything crazy. Like he wasn't limping off the ice. He tried to continue for a minute. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed that hopefully uh, the goaltending situation, you know, maybe calms itself down a little bit <laughs> over the next few days. Because really, you know, as you said, that's that's the only question mark at this point. Um, and Bob was late getting over uh, trying to stop that puck on that play that was getting uh injured uh he was really late actually come to think of it like i i was a bit concerned seeing that the puck hit the post and yeah that wasn't great but hopefully he gets back in the lineup soon yes sir um all right so a couple of things that i did want to touch on um one thing i think that's really helped kind of this turnaround uh special teams not just i mean the power play we've talked a lot about the power play uh just how much better it's gotten. I think, I don't know the exact stat, but I believe since maybe since January or maybe since December, it's been over the last several weeks that they've been like one of the top two or three in the league. Um, seconds only Tampa. I know overall they're like, I, I'm not sure if they've snuck into the top 10 just yet. Uh, here, I have it right here, actually. They are, yeah, I love it when they show you the rankings, but they don't put a number next to the team. So you have to like count all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's say they're 13th. Uh, which, you know, they're sneaking their way back in. But, like, overall, lately, power play, penalty kill, 
uh, both ends of special teams have been great. And that's part of why you're seeing them, you know, come out on top so many more times than not lately is because like their power play has been electric. I think it's been firing off like a 30 plus percent over the last several games. The PK has been pretty sticky. Uh, Eric Stahl, Anton Lindell, Sasha Barkov, you know, these guys are looking really good as forwards on the PK. Um, this is kind of the recipe that you need to succeed. Uh, you've got to be good five on five with the Panthers. You know, they've been a good five on five team for a little while now, but the special teams has always been kind of a wild card. And lately it's looking pretty good. I believe the date was December 8th and they've been second in the league in power play. Uh, game in Montreal, they scored four. Four in a period. Four in a period. period. That's, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. And maybe you just sidetracked this or whatever for a second, but the, the, the penalties on this road trip. Yeah, it's been a bit. Just, I, I mean, you know, the Toronto game, obviously it was very one sided. There's the whole topic of Paul Maurice and referee Francois Saint Laurent and their history dating back to the Winnipeg Tampa game years ago when Maurice got tossed and I think Nikolai Ehlers and uh, Neil Little or Brian Little. I always confuse the goalie yeah. and the player Neil Little actually former Flyers goalie I think he's still in the Panthers system as a scout Uh, um but um but yeah that from that whole thing but holy shit dude like the penalties in Toronto were just what was it like nine to two at one point in favor of uh the Toronto power plays or maybe it was seven to two plus a penalty Uh, shot plus a penalty shot it's like dude what's going on and then even Montreal last night and granted it was a little bit more even both ways, but just the penalties, the penalties. I'm like, who, who are who are the fans paying to see here? No. Whose jerseys are they wearing in the stands? Are we seeing like that number seventy-seven striped ref jersey? Mm-hmm. No, man, that's going like, up in the Raptors. Yeah. You, well, you would think based on what we saw in the last week, like just, I mean, shit show just kind of doesn't get there, right? It's well, just, Montreal though, they did that to themselves. You can't have back-to-back to me men on the ice penalties. That's 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 <laughs> you can get a too many men call when you're already shorthanded. Yeah, when you're already shorthanded because of a too many men on the ice call. Yeah, that, felt, that, he that. felt for Marty St. Louis, like watching him on the bench at points during that third period. Like, he, poor guy just, uh, I don't want to say like in over his head or anything like that because he did a great job last year with them. And Montreal's, they've done a decent job this year. They're, but man, there are times where that team just looks like, like they look like what they, well, we thought they were going to be, right? I didn't think they'd be very good this year. I thought they'd probably be pulling it up the rear of the Eastern Conference. I oh, mean, when you say when you say over his head, when you talk about Montana St. Louis, I'm not going to make a short joke. It's not a short joke, Roy. I mean, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to do it, but, you know. You're not allowed to make short jokes. If you're over six feet tall, you gotta got to pass that to us little people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I apologize. He being six foot two, I can't exactly uh, – do that to uh, my brethren, no. but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that yeah, everything's over his head would, would have been a the joke there. <laughs> so, a couple defensemen I want to just throw some appreciation for while we're doing this. Uh, Brandon Montour, obviously, he's he, I think he's already reached a new career high in points and what we're like halfway through the season. So, it just shows what happens when you give a guy with some talent some opportunity. Look what he's doing on the power play, he's playing more minutes than he's played in his career. Um, just taking a job and running with it. And that's kind of been like the, what we've seen here with defensemen in the Bill Zito regime, right? 
We've mm-hmm. seen it with Gus Forsling giving him an opportunity. He's taken off with it. What what's happened with Josh Mahora this year? Yeah. Um. But Brandon Montour, I mean, you could argue that he should be in the All Star game based on his importance and the numbers he's putting up. But career year and good for him. Yeah, I probably would have uh, if I want if I did. I should have. I would have gone to Twitter and tried to vote him in. Uh, yeah, he, he's been doing very well offensively. Um, he had to step up with uh, Darren Eckblad injury early early in the year. Uh, yeah, I mean the entire defensive core of the Panthers. I mean, you could look at you got one side, you got Montour, you got Eckblad, Gus Forsling, uh, Gudis at times, and then you can look on the other and Mahur. But yeah. Mark Stahl, your stay-at-home defenseman. I mean, we saw uh, there was a couple of games where we just saw breakaway after breakaway just giving up because of his opposition. And, I mean, he's old. He's older. He's a bit slower. But, I mean, I guess that if you if you were to look at a weak link in your defensive core, that, that would be it. Uh, but... Recently, I mean, it's been pretty, they've been doing pretty well and trying to, I mean, you, you saw what the, that save that Leon <laughs> <laughs> being in position, position, clearing out those pucks out of crease with traffic. You got, you got to do it. You got to be there. And they've been able to do that. They've been able to get in front of uh passes, um, when there's been sustained offensive pressure against their opponents, again in the shooting lanes, we saw a few clutch blocks by Gus Forsling uh, a couple of games ago. So yeah, yeah, they've been doing they've been doing well lately. That's a good unit. Uh, it's just like kind of like hearing you talk about Mark Stahl. Like it's almost like with both Stahl brothers, it took them a little while to get going. Now I think they're both they've both been humming along very nicely. Like I, oh, yeah, Mark Stahl. Eric Stahl has been great. He's been great offensively. He's done it, the majority of his offenses come lately. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, just I, I feel like with Mark Stahl, he gets a lot of the brunt of a lot of negativity from Panthers fans, and he did start slow. And there, you know, he looked like he was a step slower for a good couple of weeks. His game is rounded out so nicely, I think, and it's not just positionally. Like you mentioned it blocking passes blocking shots throwing his body around like just doing good team things like i from where he started to where he's to where he is now like i i've just become a big fan of what mark Stahl has brought to the panthers and it's a good compliment to the guys that you mentioned forzling out there blocking shots like a maniac produced you know pushing the puck up the ice uh gus forzling doing what he does which is just about everything i mean aaron ekblad has been kind of a question this year just because I feel like he's he hasn't pre- played to the level that we've come to expect from him. I mean, he could be playing hurt. Which he very well could be. So that's that's another thing. Um, but overall, yeah, I'm with you, man. The, the Panthers' decor has been trending upwards and they're in a good spot right now. I guess uh, if you can look at it this way, I think, I mean, obviously the major difference between this year and last year has been transition uh opportunities both offensive and defensively and i think that's uh where the problem might end up being defensively is defending transition offense um as i said that those breakaways given up um by uh mark stall i mean that, that really 
I don't think that really would have happened last year. But um, last year was total. You know, last year was yeah. back and forth, back and forth, back, back and, forth. and forth. Yeah, it was their game. That was their game, back and forth. Yeah. And um, this year is completely different. Um, this year, and they're not getting as many transition goals as obviously as they did last year. It's been more forecheck than it has been transition. All right. Well, switching gears uh, from from all the hockey detailed hockey geek fun stuff. Um, I do want to talk about before we wrap it up. And thanks again, Roy, for yeah. uh, for chatting. When we hit the record button, usually we just kind of go on and on and on about this stuff. But um, so this is something that came across my Twitter feed this week. Um, the HF boards put together, they they did a vote for the team, each team's, each hockey team's Mount Rushmore. And the one for the Panthers was Roberto Longo, Sasha Barkov, Pavel Bure, and Jonathan Huberto. That's the the voted on Panthers Mount Rushmore. Hmm. Now, my feeling is Pavel Bure was here for what like two and a half years. They were, you know, it was amazing what he did while he was here. Not like you know the biggest Panthers had never seen a superstar like that. I just don't think he was here that long. It was kind of a flash in the pan type deal. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like Shaq with the Heat. Like you wouldn't put Shaq on the Mount Rushmore of Heat players, but it was you can't deny the importance of what he did. And, and granted, it's not comparable because that was an NBA championship, and Pavel Bury took the Panthers to a playoff first round sweep. Very different, right. which it, it kind of further proves my point. Um, the, the Panthers has been more of a lack of representation for anybody that could go on Mount Rushmore, and I mean in terms of like a a league view, you could always pick your four best Mount Rushmore guys. I just think in terms of team importance longevity what they meant to the franchise i think it's lou barkov van beesbrook and huberto Mm. and huberto currently but i think ideally if you fast forward five ten years you take him off and you put matthew kachuk on there if everything happens the way we you know it appears to be but that's my thought if if i have to put a mount rushmore today it's luongo van beesbrook barkov and huberto uh well as far as Pavel Bure is concerned, yeah, he was here two and a half years. He uh, he did win a Rashad Trophy. So two, two didn't he? Yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, that's a bad year. Fifty goal. I mean, look, I'm not taking away what he did. I just and like this is the franchise. It's just a short chapter of the franchise history. I don't know if that deserves a Mount Rushmore spot. I, mean, I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. It did bring national attention to the team as well. And between 96 and the year he came, which was, what, a year? year Nine, yeah, he came the 99-2000 season. Yeah. So, 96, 97, they made the playoffs. 98. Oh, no, my bad. He came the 98-99 year. It was 99-2000 when they made the playoffs. Yeah. They missed the playoffs a couple of years, and then he came. And then... They made the playoffs a loss to the Devils. The Devils. Not the, the eventual Rangers, the cup Devils. champions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, very unfortunate. Uh yeah, like that brought national attention. So I'm not hating I'm not hating on the pick of Burray on that one. But I gotta look at this list. Longo, Balkov, and Huberdo, obviously. They're franchise leaders in basically every everything except for penalty minutes. <laughs> um yeah, the four yeah, put Paul Laws on there. 
Yeah, I put Paul Laws on there. Put Peter Wall. Put Peter Wall on there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the fourth one's. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a player. Like, so if you were to put somebody else on there, Doug McLean. Doug McLean, Bobby Clark for building the initial team. Uh, hmm. uh, Roger Nielsen, Bill Torrey, Wayne Heisinger. You could any one of those could be to take that fourth spot. Interesting. You can just put the bow tie up there for Bill Torrey. Yeah. You have four heads and a bow tie. Yeah. 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 Just a bow tie. I mean, make that the asterisk, I guess. Um, All right. Interesting perspective. So you're thinking doesn't necessarily even have to be a player. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't have to be a player. No, not at all. Hmm. Oh, I think either way, it, it just kind of reminds us of the sadness of the overall 30 almost 30 years of this franchise that we, you know, every major accomplishment to celebrate to this point, three decades has been an individual accomplishment. They're, the team accomplishments have not been there. And this is a hockey team in a team sport with team accomplishments. You know, every major celebration. You can, so, make, a, you can make a Mount Trashmore if you want. Yeah, and just it's list funny, all of Mike Keenan. Yeah, man, there's you know so many draft picks, so many rebuilds. It's just, it, and I, this isn't even like where I wanted to go with this. This was, this is not. I, I, I wanted this to be a fun little. You, you don't know, want to be negative, huh? No, but it's making me realize, like, man, there's this team has so much left to accomplish, and they've been around already for you know most of our lives. Yeah, the most recent team accomplishment was the president's trophy right and conference championship and that's it the president's they, trophy they, last they year won divisions they won divisions and that's pretty much it yeah they won a few different divisions haven't they they, they won an atlantic division they won a southeast division yeah they won a couple of uh, different divisions yeah <laughs> so all right let's wrap this up with some fun okay we've got something really cool coming up we got the all-star game coming up down here uh, in a couple weeks uh, what are you most looking forward to, Roy? I know you're going to be there. I'll be there. Uh, we'll have some fun. We'll be at the all-star skills competition. We'll be at the game. We'll be going to a few fun little events in Fort Lauderdale beach at the hard rock. There's some stuff going on. So we're going to be all over the place, but what are you most looking forward to? Well, the first thing I'm most looking forward to is getting my goddamn credential because I haven't gotten confirmed yet. That's the one thing. And until then, all else is mute. Uh, all yeah. else, all else is moot. So, uh, yeah, like, assuming so, uh, the credentials come in, which I personally am not concerned. I think that the metal guys will be taken care of. You guys were at the Stanley Cup final last year. You were in uh, Toronto for the All-Star stuff. You haven't been denied anything. So I think maybe they just haven't gotten down the list yet to you guys. Yeah, they're getting to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, man, uh, so many events like they have a beach festival coming up. I'm looking forward to seeing what's happening over there. I might have to I'm take a looking... family out to the beach festival. Some kid-friendly games, I'm told. Yeah, but I'm working, so I don't know how that's going to go. Um, but, yeah, what I am really looking forward to is the stuff that I am going to have to get dressed for. I got to bring out the old jacket. Uh, <laughs> when I find out what those events are, oh, boy, I'm looking forward to uh, all the open bars and all that stuff and the food. That's, that's going to be great. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is uh, open bars and food. 
Open bars and food. All right. Well, that's, I'm sure if the league is paying attention, they'll get right on your credential request with that. Uh... Oh yeah. It's an emergency situation. <laughs> now here's the thing. Are there going to be any cool hats, any, uh... any stylish, or are we just going with the, your basic uh, baseball cap type deal? Uh, it depends on the situation. If I got to get dressed up, then the hat, well, that's what I'm saying. Like hat is coming out. Uh... If I don't, then the little hat's coming out. No, I want to see fancy hat. Fancy hat's going to come out if the jacket comes out. Okay. Well, I think, yeah, there, there might be one or two occasions. It's going to be, you know, it's All-Star Weekend. This is one of the big uh, the big headlining things the league does every year. Mm-hmm. It's in our backyard this year. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good time. We'll be Ubering a lot. Yeah, a lot of, well, I don't know about that. I might have to drive. I might have to drive on this one. No. Like, if I, I got to go straight from the beach festival for whatever content that I got to get for the big show, no, you want to take advantage of those open bars. Reading. You're going to have to take advantage of uh, the Uber situation. That's true. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, well, I'll get that's, back to you on that one. That's why Toronto was good because everything was kind of in walking distance. You don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah, to, yeah that's why Toronto was good because I didn't have to drive because I didn't have my car. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Well, Roy, thanks a lot for uh, taking some time. And I think we we got something done here. I, I feel like we've just been kind of bullshitting for the last, however long this has been, but you know, there's been some interesting content. I hope, uh, you know, you listeners are enjoying Roy and I's ramblings and we'll do it again. I'm sure after I'll start and relive our or recount our escapades, mm-hmm. whatever trouble we may get into, but uh, Roy, let the people know where they, where they can find you and your awesome colleagues as if they don't already know. All right. Well, I'm a senior producer for Metal Arc Media. So I produce uh, the Dan Levitard Show, which is two guys. Montgomery and Company uh, with Renee Montgomery, Montgomery and her family. Um, and Because Miami with Billy Corbin. Um, Montgomery and Company every Thursday. Because Miami every Friday. Wherever you get your podcasts, uh, including this one. I love how formal you get. Yeah, well, when, when, it, when it comes time to, to be professional, it's like, oh, you straighten up your back, you know, you sit up straight. Well, my name is Roy Bellamy, and I'm an executive producer. <laughs> it's so it's serious. Well, I got to get my title out there, you know. You know, like, I got to represent metal like media, like a uh, the unprofessional. <laughs> unprofessional professionalism. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, professional like- unprofessionalism. Yeah, that's what's why it's so awesome. That's what I love about it. That's you right. guys are your own brand, and it's brilliant, and I love it. That's right. Well, thank you for coming on, Roy, on to episode 61 of the Chirping the Cats pod. Everybody, you just heard where to find Roy. If you know, you can find all my work on Local10.com or the Local10 app as well. You can find both of us on Twitter covering the Panthers and doing our other thing. You can find me at David Dwork. You can find Roy at Roy Belly. And if you haven't already, please smash the subscribe button on this podcast, on the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Dots, on Montgomery and Company, and on Because Miami, because, look, they're all really good content. Honestly, Montgomery and Company has grown on me, but Because Miami holds a special place in my heart. Uh, it's because it's such a crazy bleephole of a town, and, yeah. uh, and Billy dives right in. Um, so thank you Roy thank you everybody for listening as always please make sure you take care of yourselves stay safe be kind and most importantly Roy stay cool okay goodbye